You are listening to the Concierge Minister Podcast, a place to grow, learn, and be inspired as you discover God's purpose for your life. Here's your host, the pastor you've always wanted without the church, Dr. Kumar Dixit. Well, welcome back, guys. We are thrilled to continue this dialogue on Concierge Minister podcast. Um, A couple months ago, actually, I got a book in the mail um, to read and to write a review. And um, I I, I looked at the book and I was like, you know, this is interesting because it's called Power the Creed. Growing up as an evangelical Christian, I didn't grow up in the church reciting the creed at all. So I've been to churches where they have, and I've heard it. It's kind of like, you know, they recited like the Lord's Prayer, but I don't really know much about it and kind of just stayed silent as people read it. And so I was really eager to read this book by Mark Nareth. And I read it, I put a whole bunch of notations in my book, and then I ended up writing an Amazon review. And Mark, you'll be happy to know this. I don't know if you've seen it, but I actually gave you a really great review, which is very well, rare. Well, that's great to hear, Kumar. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, it's great to have you. And I, I really enjoyed reading this book. And this is not one of those like sit down beach novels that you sit down and read, you know, in an hour or two. This is like a dense, really... Uh, deep book, but you really made it easy to read with some of your personal stories and anecdotes. Well, I, you know, I'm thrilled to hear that. Now, I live right by the beach uh, here in San Clemente, California, and believe it or not, I actually printed out the whole thing, and the first time I read through the whole thing was on the beach, but maybe it doesn't count because uh, I wrote it. So, so you, <laughs> but, this is uh, your personal beach read. It's my personal beach read, but I, I think you're right. Um, it's, it's really a book that's meant to kind of... Um, to take some time with. I, I'll, I'm never happy when someone says, I read your book in one sitting. It's like, yeah. I think you missed the point then. Yeah, so. yeah. No, well, I didn't read it in one sitting. Let me, let me um, assure you of that. Let's talk <laughs> about the creed. So, so growing up, I would hear about the Nicene Creed and it, would, it, it was oftentimes, it wasn't recited, but it was often in church bulletins that people would read. Sure. And um, I'm curious to know kind of the history of the Nicene Creed and, and how it came together before we even talk about anything else. Sure. Well, one of the reasons, Kumar, that I love the Nicene Creed as opposed to some of the other Christian creeds is there's a really solid history behind it. We know who wrote it, and we know when they wrote it, and we know why they wrote it. So the Nicene Creed was written, you know, just a couple years after the legalization of Christianity in in the early fourth century. And it was a really pivotal time in Christianity. It was right at that transition where it went from being, where our faith went from being illegal to being mainstream. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, uh, the church kind of needed to stand up and say, what do we believe? To almost reintroduce themselves to the world. And so uh, church leaders, bishops from all over Christendom came to one place, to, to a city called Nicaea, which is basically a, a suburb of modern-day Istanbul. And they all came together and they said, all right, what do Christians really believe? What are the things that we would, you know, the hills we would die on, the most important parts of our faith? And they put it into just four short 
paragraphs on the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and life in the church. And that, that's the Nicene Creed. Um, it, was, it was modified just slightly um, uh, about 60 years after that to kind of include a, a little more information on the Holy Spirit. And um, 1,500 years later, you know, 1,700 years later, mm-hmm. we're still saying the same powerful words. That's incredible. So what you're saying is the Nicene Creed was put together like all church policy. It it was a church committee that came and met. You know, it it was a, a church committee, but 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 don't discount it for that reason. You know, there are there are those people, and you know your initial reaction to the creed of what is this? Mm-hmm. I've heard from a lot of other people. Um, uh, people will ask, you know, what, what are you working on right now, Mark? And I say, oh, a book about the Nicene Creed. And they'll, what's that? <laughs> um, or if they do know it, they'll think, oh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, it, because it represents everything, you know, formal that they hate about organized religion. I've, right. actually, I've actually brought up the creed in conversation and it has made people cry because, wow. because it, was, it was everything they were trying to you know, get, get past from their past. It, it represented a, a God who was far away and impersonal and all those things. But I think you'll find that even though, yes, the creed is the product of a committee, that it takes our faith and like Augustine said, it, it, it takes all these words that are scattered up and down in the scriptures, and it brings them together into one so that every person, so that everyone may be able to say, but also to hold on to what they believe. Mm. And so I don't approach the creed in, in, in this book, Power of the Creed, as as, as the product of a church committee or as some dry religious document. Instead, we're looking at it mm-hmm. as, as what it was intended to be, a, a, a prayer, a discipleship tool, a something, something that you can use in your everyday life to really to remember what you believe, but also to live up to what you believe. That's beautiful. And one of the things that I like that you did is you kind of broke each chapter. So there's 13 chapters. And what you did is you basically broke, parsed out the creed, kind of the major theme of, of, the, of the creed and wrote a chapter on each of it. Uh, so it really helps understand kind of the meaning and what you are taking out of that. Um, g- give, me, give me one um, section of the creed that you really kind of in, in, enjoyed and that was, is meaningful for you. And, I, oh, then, I'll do that. and then I'll tell Uh-oh. you which one I, should I go first? <laughs> sure, sure. Go first. Well, one of the chapters I really enjoyed was chapter six, the, the light of the light mm. of light. Light of and, light. And I, I actually wrote in the margins, good chapter, you know, so, <laughs> well, um, thank you. you know, I, I, I really liked how you explained it. Give us, our listeners, what what the light of light is? Oh, all right, light of light. Um, so, if if I just allow me to quote a little bit of the creed here. So, when we sure. start talking about Jesus, uh, we say, and we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son, begotten of the Father, before all ages, light of light, true God of true God, begotten not made, of one essence with the Father, by whom all things were made. There we go. Got it. Nice. Um, so, um, 
what on earth does that mean? You know, <laughs> I've talked with so many pastors who, who want to introduce um, the creed into their church, but they always say they pick the Apostles' Creed because it doesn't have that phrase in it. Because that is like a tongue twister. What is light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not made? How is a kindergartner supposed to understand <laughs> any of those things, right? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. And so um, we took that particular phrase, left off all the other stuff, but just took light of light and said, all right, the Psalms say that God is the, um, the light by which we see light, that everything we see, everything around us, we see because, because the lights are on, but, but, we're, but we're even able to appreciate everything around us because, because of another light, because of the light of revelation. And so the point, of, the point of that phrase in the creed, light of light, is that, is that everything, as God reveals himself to us, who he is, you know, one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as he reveals himself to us, it's our job to walk in that light. Mm -hmm. um, I, if you summarize chapter six in one sentence, it's what we know of God should cause us to be like him. It's not just we, we learn things about God so we can hold a right doctrine, so we can have the right opinion. It's what we know of God should allow us to, to be like him, to live up to the standard that, that he sets. I like us. that. You, you have a sentence in that chapter where you say the creed challenges us to walk in that light. Yes. And I really, I really like that you said the word challenges because I think, you know, for Christians, a lot of times we feel like if we miss that mark, we're doomed. Sure. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you use that word challenge that basically, that basically suggests that it's something to reach towards, but if you don't get there, it's okay. Absolutely. The whole... If I were to summarize power of the creed and, and the creed itself in, in one word, it's really that word incarnation. And, and incarnation, like the word becoming flesh, implies participation. You know, there's something that you get to do. That instead of, instead of salvation just being something that God forces down your throat, you get to participate in it. And the whole book is kind of just step by, the whole book and the creed itself is just step by step showing how can I, in just my everyday life, in line at the post office, um, in, uh, uh, stuck in traffic on the freeway, how can I start to participate more and more and more in the life, in the life of Jesus Christ? And, and yeah, when you you don't start off knowing how to do this perfectly. No one does. In chapter nine, I give the example of it's kind of like a dance. The only way to learn to dance well is to practice. And, and you know, if, if our life in Christ is, is really dancing with God, you know, yes, sometimes we'll get ahead of him. Sometimes we'll fall behind. Sometimes right. we will step on his feet. Right. But the whole point is to continue, to mm. continue that dance. You, you say in, in your chapter, Born of a Virgin, just to go along with what you said, it, it, sure. there's a, a sentence where you say spiritual birth takes time. It's a process of growing up into God's image. And mm. 
are growing up into God's image. Yeah. And, and I feel like one of the challenges with Christianity, Mark, is that we don't let people grow up in God's image. Uh, we assume, you know, the minute that you're dunked in the pool, and you're baptized, that you should be a spiritual, mature Christian and you should behave, you know, like a 65-year-old <laughs> spiritual Christian, whereas you still may be a toddler as a Christian. And so how, how, do, we, how do we allow people to have that space to kind of figure out how to get their, you know, their balance and how to walk and how to eat solid foods and not assume that we're trying to push them too quickly? Sure. Well, uh, at, the li- at the risk of sounding redundant, you know, that is entirely what the creed is for. Um, it's so strange because it's, it's both what is taught to new believers when they enter the church, but also, you know, the greatest theologians in church history haven't plumbed, like plumbed the depths of the creed. There's, there's so, there's so much there. And I think, I think you're right that sometimes we try to act like believers before we actually believe. Mm. Um, and, and the creed helps us do that. It helps us remember what we believe or to even start to believe in the first place. I mean, if you take a look at some of these phrases in the creed, I believe in one God, the mm-hmm. Father Almighty. Well, do you really you know, or, or uh, do, do, do you believe that God is the greatest thing in the universe? Or, or right now, is there something greater that's facing you? Like, you're, you, like uh, um, a bad doctor's diagnosis or a low bank account balance? Like, like, what do you really believe in that moment? Not when you're in church, but when kind of the rubber meets the road. Or, or when the creed says we believe in one baptism for the remission of sins, do we really believe that there's forgiveness of sins? Or, or do we believe that, you know, as soon as we make a mistake, it's, it's over and, 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 and we're done and, and, and we will be smited by the almighty smiter, you know? And, and so what, you know, the first time I, I tell this story in chapter two, the first time I read the creed, I did not like it at all. I thought, why does this need to exist? It's long. It's complicated. I read the Bible every day. I really don't need, I really don't need this. And then I found it was like, it was like one of those catchy songs on the radio. I could not get it out of my head. And the power of the creed is that it just continually brings to your remembrance, not, not one part of the gospel, but the whole thing. Every day it reminds you of all you believe. And when you're constantly reminded of all you believe, it makes it hard to not live yeah. what you believe. I think one of the, the challenges for me when I read the Bible is that the Bible isn't systematic so, you know, there's not a chapter on, you know, on behavior, and then there's not sure. a chapter on, you know, sure. sinless perfection. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all kind of interwoven throughout the Bible. And so when you ask sure. a Christian, what do you believe? You're asking them a question that is really tough because they have to have taken the whole context of the Bible and kind of put it down into a nutshell. Yeah. And what I find that 
this creed is done is it's done it for us. It's like you going to on a board retreat and saying, okay, what is our mission? What is our vision? What, what do we believe? What are our values? And in many ways, the creed has done that for us. It's, it's developed concretely um, some basic theological understandings of, 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 of what we stand for. And it manages to do that without watering any of it down, mm. which, which I find so spectacular. Um, the, it still retains the full force of Christianity, but instead of being in a big, thick book, which, I mean, good luck reciting all of the Bible every day, right? right, uh, right. But, but the creed, you can say it, you can say it throughout your day. And, and you know, I, I do. It's become almost the soundtrack to my life, so... So one of the things that I really appreciated about this book um, is how grace-oriented it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you really, really focus on the love of Jesus and mm-hmm. being in relationship with him. And one of the things that you said in, in the Rose Again chapter, you said, is the goal to get into heaven by the skin of your teeth or to become sons and daughters of the resurrection by developing the kingdom within. And then you go on to say that is heaven may be our final destination, but getting there cannot be our focus. Woo, Lord, 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 that was good stuff, man. Can you elaborate on that? Oh, I, let me, yes, let me take, let me take a step back. So, um, a lot of, it took me about 10 years to write this book, um, which is, which is about a third of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, um, one of the reasons it took so long was there was such a, such a changing in perspective for me. And you grow up and everything that's in the creed, I already believed before, before I ever read the creed. I, I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. I, I believed in the, the virgin birth. I believed in the resurrection. I believed in the, 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 the crucifixion, the ascension. I believed in all these things. But did I believe them? Were they examples for my life? Were they things I participated in? Or were they just historical facts that I said, yes, to be a Christian, I must believe that Jesus died, rose again, uh, you know, on the third day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I started really reading the church fathers, uh, I noticed such a different emphasis. They believed in the historical reality of all these events, but they also believed that if God became man, then these were things that they, as men, as, as men and women created in the image of God, they could also participate in. So the virgin birth meant something for them. The crucifixion meant something for them. The, the burial meant something for them. And ultimately what you were talking about there is the ascension mm-hmm. means something for them. When Christ was raised, I was raised too. But every day I get to live up to where I was raised as I become more heavenly minded. Mm -hmm. So it's not an either or, like was it a historical reality or a present reality that I get to participate in, but it's it's both and. Mm -hmm. And I feel sometimes... 
actually, uh, let me, let me, I, I don't think you're supposed to quote yourself here, but, but in the, <laughs> I, I hate, I hate the phrase going back to, to, to basics. Like that is not what this book does, but it does yeah. help us. I, I, I use a phrase in the foreword to remember what we once knew. Hmm. And, and, and this dynamic participation in the life of Jesus Christ used to be Christianity 101. But sometime in the last 500, 200 years, we kind of forgot some of those things. And, and the goal of the book, I mean, it's, it's not deep theology. If, if, if you are looking for all the historical or theological details on the creed, you know, there are plenty of other books out there that, that I could recommend to read. The point of this is, is simply to be reintroduced to, to that historic participation in, 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 in the life of Jesus Christ. Mm. So That's well, well said. You, you know, this picture behind me, I, I know you can't see it very well because um, there's a glare on it, but <laughs> I've had that picture for probably um, almost 20 years. And it means a lot to me. There's, there's a significance um, to it. But mm. I spend probably eight or nine hours a day down here in my, in my office. And yeah. there, are, there are many, many days, Mark, where I don't even rec- see that picture. I don't even remember it's there. I can look at it and I still don't see it because it's always right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And when you read, uh, when, I think it was your final chapter, you talked about um, how you recite the, scre- the creed almost every single day. Yes. And, and you, 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 that was the first words that your, your, your baby heard after, you know, he was born. And, 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 and for me, I, I, I liked that. But then my question is, how do you take something like the creed and keep it fresh instead of it just being kind of a recitation or something that just gets blended in the background? Sure. How, how do you keep it uh, like so fresh in your life? Well, it's a practice, really. And so, you know, I'm from the Midwest. I, I kind of talk slow. And um, I make sure whenever I'm reciting the creed that I, that I say it slowly, that I listen to the words I'm saying. Sometimes I'll even say it in Greek because I'm not used to hearing Greek. And so, and so I'll say, oh, this is different. This is something, this is something to really think about. And then I make sure that, like, do I hear what I'm saying? That I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. Well, if I believe he gives life, will, will, I, will I let him give it to me today? Will I, will I receive what he's giving today? Do, do I really believe that, um, uh, like, uh, that if God's the creator of all things visible and invisible? So today, will I only look at what I can see? Or will I look beyond what I can see to what, to what God has said about himself and about his creation? Right. You know, I believe that there's the life of the world to come. So, so will I allow myself to get caught up with the affairs of this life? Or will I look to the future and set my priorities there? So I always, whenever I say those words, I say, all right, this is what I believe but is it also what I'm living? And, and, and today, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing today? Not, not out of a sense of 
condemnation or obligation. But like, if I truly believe this, then, then it's just, it's what should come out of me. Right. So, and so it's so easy to get caught up. You know, I, 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 I run a business, I have jobs, I have a one-year-old running around my house. Like it is easy to forget what you believe without a reminder. And so I use it just as the reminder app on my phone. I, I, I never get upset when I get a reminder on my phone. I'm like, oh, I need to do this. Right. And, and, and the creed is just the same thing. So final question, if someone's, you know, kind of just listening to this and they've never heard of the creed before, um, they're kind of trying to figure out how to make um, their life relevant and go deeper with Christ. Uh, give us a baby step of how, of how to get started with the creed. Of how to get started with the creed. Well, read the book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, obviously will help. Um, yeah. The, 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 maybe it would be easiest to talk about what it was like for me. So I, I, I told you earlier that I said that I, um, I didn't really love the creed the first time I read it, but then it got stuck in my head. After that, I decided to put it to the test. I said, okay, this is something that, uh, that's, that um, seems important you know, uh, that, that uh, the Christian world has placed emphasis on, is it biblical? Mm. So just from then on, whenever I read the Bible, I would say, okay, uh, that was in the creed. That was in the creed. That was mm. in the creed. And, and I, started, I started seeing it everywhere. I started seeing it on every page. And pretty soon I realized that the creed, you know, was more biblical than I was. Mm. But, um, but I began to just do everything in my life from the perspective of, of these words, started with reading the Bible and prayer, and, and it quickly went out from there to every other part of my life, my business, my family, all, all, all and everything. And so it really starts just first with, you know, with reading it. And, mm -hmm. and, and, but then once you read it, you can begin to understand it as, as, as you see it in the scriptures. And then you really can begin to pray and then to live it. Because the creed is a prayer. The very last word is amen. And that sets the tone for, for the entire, for the entire thing. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for joining me today. This has been great. I, I, sure what thing. Our, I enjoyed what it. Our, what our listeners don't know is that uh, Mark woke up at 7.15 on the West Coast to join me for this um, interview. So thank you for getting up so early. I really appreciate oh, it. No issue. I was up for a while. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I, I remember, I have a one-year-old. Yes, <laughs> so. yes. I, I, I'm sure. Yes. We're, we're going to um, gonna talk in a few minutes for our, our exclusive members um, on the topic of um, unity in the church. Can you give us maybe like a 20-second uh, commercial for, for what we're going to talk about? Uh, in, the, in 2020, the church is as divided as you can imagine, uh, but it doesn't have to stay that way. And there are some lessons we can take from the past to, to be united even in our divisions. Ooh, that is nice. It's like you've been practicing that like all week, man. I love it. <laughs> Well, it was off the top of my head. So. Oh, that, that, that is good. Thanks again, Mark. Yeah, talk soon. 
Thanks for listening to the Concierge Minister Podcast. If you want to learn more about growing in your faith or looking for an online faith community for support while you're on your journey, please visit conciergeminister.com or send us an email at conciergeminister at gmail.com. Don't forget to click the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating. If you find this podcast helpful, please tell your friends about us. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, go and live your best life.